Good morning. Such a beautiful day today, isn't it? Cooled off. Sun is shining. We got the rain. I'm so thankful. And thank you for joining us today, whether you're in person or online. Um, I'm so glad we're together to worship. I want to start with a question today. If someone said to you, do this one thing and you will have a long, prosperous, healthy life. Would you be interested to know what that one thing is? (laughs) Well, I am. (laughs) Anybody over 70 definitely is interested. (laughs) And recently, I was actually reading a book uh, called The Well-Lived Life. It had six secrets, and it was written by a medical doctor. She also practices holistic uh, medicine. I didn't agree with everything. But what got my attention is that she is 102 years old. So, oh, she knows something about a well-lived life, right? Well, guess what? Today, I'm going to share just one secret from someone who's lived a whole lot longer than 102 years and who has written a book that's been on the bestseller list for a long time. And of course, we're talking about none other than God himself and his word, the Bible. (laughs) So he has uh, shared in here a secret, if you will, with a promise do this, and you, you should expect a long, healthy, prosperous life. Well, we're in a series called One Commandment, where we're learning to love, lessons in love, based on the Ten Commandments, okay? And today, we're going to look at the Fifth Commandment. And so, we're going to turn, it's also going to be on the screen, as we've been learning over the last four weeks. The commandments are listed in two different parts and then various uh, iterations of them throughout the Old Testament and New Testament. But I'm going to look, first of all, in Deuteronomy. And this is Deuteronomy 5, where God tells us the secret or the promise of a long, healthy life. This is the fifth commandment. Deuteronomy 5, 16. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Okay, just a brief definition. What do we mean by honor? And I'll tease this out throughout the message. But basically he's saying, demonstrate respect, you know, esteem, you know, value your father and mother with, I would say, God-ordered love. And then you will live a long, healthy life. And I love the section, in the land I'm giving you, that's often a metaphor for or even a synonym of you will fulfill your destiny, which I mean, I, I think I'm interested in that. I want to fulfill the destiny uh, that God has for me. Now, conversely, if you would read a little bit uh, more in Deuteronomy, I think it's in uh, chapter 27, or you go back to Exodus, he says this, cursed be anyone who dishonors his father or mother. And in Exodus, he tells us those who curse their father and mother should be put to death. Wow, we'd have a lot of dead bodies lying around in our culture, right? Well, we're not under the old covenant anymore. We're under the new covenant. But nevertheless, it still applies. We'll look at that in a moment. But the context we've seen for the uh, giving of the Ten Commandments was the children of Israel coming out of bondage in Egypt for 400 years. Now they have to learn, they're free. How do we learn to do life together? 
And this is a very, very important commandment uh, on how to have a harmonious community, how to actually enjoy health and happiness and wholeness. And it includes honor of parents. Now, biblically, when we, we think about the family, children are taught to obey your parents. And this isn't a message on parenting, but that's a little bit different. But by the time they reach their teen years, that uh, obedience, it, it becomes more of a learning to honor where parents are relating to one another. I made some terrible mistakes raising my five children. I learned that lesson in a very hard way because by the time my children were like 13, I was saying, you know, you must do this. And they go, but why? Because I said so. Folks, it didn't work. <laughs> okay. But we do, uh, we want to teach our children to obey because why? We're modeling obedience to the Lord God Almighty. That's super important. But then this whole value of honor. Of course, they all, the Israelites, all lived together, worked together, ate together, slept together, traveled together. And it's a little bit different in our culture because we don't have one giant Christian commune like they did. But nevertheless, the value holds. Now, I want to make sure you understand, like I'm not saying, well, it's never this way with God. This isn't some transaction where you're like, do this, I do that. No, it's a way of life. It, it's, a, it's a whole system of relationship. And so honor is incredibly important. And when that is exercised, he says, you will enjoy a long, healthy life in the land I'm giving you. So that applies to church families too. So um, there's no question, you know, our culture, and I'll address this specifically, it's kind of a mess in regards to this. And a lot of the problems can be traced to conflicts with mothers and fathers and roots of bitterness. And, you know, some of it is, quote, legitimate and some horrible things have been done. You know, there's broken families, divorce, there's abuse, there's trauma. Praise God, we have the Holy Spirit. I mean, I've needed his help more than ever. I thought once my children are raised, they go to college, they get married, oh, Whew, was I stupid. <laughs> I've had to learn more difficult lessons of how to be a parent worthy of honor. And I know I'm worthy as a child of God, but I mean as a parent who lives in a way that takes seriously. Jesus said, you know, you leave father and mother and you cleave to your spouse. Okay, mothers of sons, this is a difficult one. Being a mother-in-law is a real challenge. Again, thankful for the Holy Spirit, thankful that um, he empowers us to live this way. And as I said, this isn't just an old covenant promise. You uh, turn over to Ephesians. Paul says, he reiterates this commandment again. He says in Ephesians 6, 2, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So there it is. Okay, just simply, on your father and mother, you're gonna have a long, beautiful life. Sounds easy. Not so much. No, because when it comes to honor of parents, we have two very um, important issues that I want to address today. First of all, there's all kinds of conflicts <laughs> in our culture, in families. And then secondly, there is confusion. What does honor mean? 
And it is not unequivocal obedience. And so we're going to look at, under the lordship of Jesus, how is honor lived out? So in this message, let's look at the conflicts, that's the problem, then the confusion about what it means to honor, and then, all right, how do we actually live in the reality of this fifth commandment to the degree that our lives are vibrant and healthy and long? Okay, pray with me. So thankful. Father, you are a father. You're the one who created family. You know what's best. And so we call upon you today by the Spirit. Open our hearts and minds that we can truly learn afresh what it means to honor father and mother under the lordship of Jesus and with the empowering of the Holy Spirit. We welcome your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you would have to be isolated (laughs) to be unaware of how much conflict is present in American families at this point. Uh, whether you're, you're living in uh, that conflict or you're tuning in to media, it's very, very, uh, it, it's, it's serious. So I'm just back from a seven-day vacation with my entire family. So that means there's 31 of us, 12 adults and 19 grandchildren. And um, I just experienced again Uh, Just the tension, the challenge of, all right, how how do we do this? Because there's a lot of different parenting styles. There's a lot of different lifestyle choices. I have grandkids now, you know, nearing 20. There's, um, yeah, there's a lot of spiritual journeys. We're not all on the same page by any mean. And I, I, the the tension was palatable. And after uh, one particularly very difficult conversation one night, and I'm trying very hard to be a much better listener, you know, (laughs) reserve all judgment to the judge above. Okay. So the next morning I was sitting on the veranda. It was a nice, beautiful home. And I was looking out at the lake and I was just trying to journal because I felt a heaviness in my heart. You know, as parents, we, you can feel so much shame. You know, you can feel you can feel like a failure. <laughs> and anyway, I was trying to journal, and, and one of my sons, he's 43, he, he came. I was just enjoying a cup of coffee. It was very early. I didn't think anybody was up. And he said, Mom, I want to remind you of something. I said, what? He said, well, it's something you wrote in your book. Oh, great. Now he's going to quote me, okay? <laughs> he says, in your book, Wreck for God, you said there's only one thing that really matters, And that is, did you learn to love? Well, he was actually quoting a story that I told. A friend of mine had had this amazing encounter with Jesus. And and in the process, Jesus was, you know, facing everyone on Judgment Day. and, And my friend was listening like, okay, like what really matters in life? You know, is it how many people you've led to the Lord? Is it um, how many hours you've prayed? How much money you've given? How, have you memorized the Bible? You know, how many good deeds? No, no, no. Jesus only had one question for everyone as they stood before him, and it was this. Did you learn to love? 
I'm glad he said learn. <laughs> you know, it is a learning process. <laughs> well, that syncs with what Jesus said right here on earth, right? right? This has been the anchor verse in our series, you know, one commandment, lessons in love. Right before Jesus died, he summarized, like, look, this is the new way to live. And I can summarize it with one commandment. This is found in John 13. We've been reading it. And it's this, John 13, 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. I think Jesus is trying to make a point. <laughs> He's a very good teacher, by the way, but he wanted to make sure we understood it's all about love. Did you learn to love? Now, we are learning to love. We're learning to love God. We're learning to love one another in this series. And our focus has been the study of the Ten Commandments. And we've said these aren't rules that God gave to like ruin our life or restrict our life. They're actually God's best way to have a wonderful life, a life of love for him and for one another. And here today, right in the middle, the fifth commandment of honor your father and mother, he says this is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and you may enjoy a long, beautiful life in the land that I'm giving you, in the destiny I've given you. Now, it's not easy. There are conflicts. There is confusion. Let me talk a little bit about the conflicts in our culture. You know, the culture of the American family has dramatically shifted over the last 50 years. And there is a ton of tension. There's a uh, Actual estrangement, you know what I mean by estrangement, where parents and children become virtual strangers. Uh, they cut off one another. Uh, adult children cut off their parents, but parents cut off adult children because, well, you know, I don't agree with your lifestyle or you, you were to blame for doing this and that. <sighs> okay, thankfully again, we have a redeemer. Okay, and and he's, he's not asking us to be in agreement. He is asking us to honor, to respect and that's not always easy, especially when you have strong beliefs, okay? I've prayed with, you know, quite a number of you. Uh, you, you are estranged. It's so hurtful to be estranged. Uh, and perhaps your adult children have set really strict boundaries. And a, a recent study showed that 27% of millennials have cut ties with their family. It's definitely among Christians. It is. It's, you know, we're not exempt by any means. And there's a lot of reasons. And I'm the first to say there are some legitimate reasons. We made a lot of bozo mistakes. We did. And the, the Christian culture that uh, I parented in, you know, well, it's, you know, they're, they're, they're documenting it on TV now. <laughs> you know, like with shiny, happy people. I don't know if you've seen that documentary, but it's showing like, Parents thought they were doing the right thing, but we made a lot of mistakes. And then there was trauma, real trauma. There's been abuse. There have been toxic environments. There's been, we all know among Christians, more divorce, you know, abuse, um, addictions, mental health issues. So I, I'm not minimizing. All of that is, it is hurtful and it's made it very difficult to live honorably with one another. But we have a redeemer. <laughs> we have the Holy Spirit. 
And I'm here to testify. He's more than ready and willing to show you how to live this out. It might not be how you think. And that's not always easy. Okay. But we have a whole church family to help one another. And so I was reading um, a book by a psychologist, Joshua Coleman. I I don't even know if he's a believer. He mentions faith, but uh, he works a lot with families who are caught in this conflict, who are estranged. And the name is When Parents Hurt, Compassionate Strategies When You and Your Grown Child Don't Get Along. He's written a lot of other books. This specifically was talking about the phenomena of adult children cutting off their parents. And he did such a great job. I loved his emphasis on compassion. People, we have the compassion of Jesus living in us, okay? We can tap into that. And he said, you know, there's the rules of family life have just changed dramatically, particularly in the last two decades, but pretty much going all the way back to the 50s. And he said, this has just made relationships so very, very, very difficult. And I could identify with a lot. Of course, I'm a baby boomer, as are some of you sitting out here. And I was raised in a home where I gave unequivocal honor and obedience to my parents. Absolutely. That's what we did. And, and not, that wasn't always tied to the Christian faith. It's just the way it was. Well, by the time I'm a parent, I'm like, you know, I don't know about that. I, I, I actually want to connect with my kids. I want to have good conversations with my kids. And I, at times, made the mistake that many people in my generation did with our children. We wanted to be more of a peer than a parent. Mistake. Okay, so you have to learn how to do this. But what the result is, is many of us made mistakes of being, you know, we gave our all. We, we became, I know, God forbid, helicopter parents. I did write a few papers for my kids. I admit, you know, I interfered. But I'm just saying, but we begin to perpetrate to them a view that, oh, you're so important. You do you. We want your personal happiness, your personal fulfillment. And guess what? The very thing we wanted, intimacy and connection, is the very thing we're not getting now because they're cutting us off, blaming us as the, as the perpetrators. And yeah, we did make mistakes. That's why I love the fact we can forgive one another. And I know sometimes it takes deep healing. That's why we have ministries like Sozo, you know, where we can dive into these things. I mean, the therapists are right. The first question they most often ask is, what was your relationship like with your parents? You've all been to therapy. Okay, that's good. No, I'm not against therapy at all. Okay, but that's often the first question we ask when we go to pray for people. Why? We believe God's word, that the honor of parents is so incredibly important if you want to have a healthy, happy, prosperous life. Okay, so, you know, this has led to intense generational conflict and we're living in it. Now, I'm addressing primarily there the American culture, the, for lack of a better description, the white American culture, but we live in a very multicultural land and we have a very multicultural church. And I wanted to honor that because I know the different cultures that are represented here often have different views of what it means to honor. 
And so I had a couple conversations. I obviously couldn't cover the whole spectrum, but uh, one of my good friends, Deborah Lennard, uh, her daughter, Patrice, was up here giving the uh, announcements today. There she is with her father, Leroy. I love that. Almost every Sunday, she brings him to church. And I said, Deborah, tell me about honor in the African-American culture. And she said, well, Di, first of all, it is shifting now, you know. But she said, we were raised to give absolute respect and obedience to our parents. It was very, very important. And she said, we often said it this way, it's their position over their performance. So maybe they're not acting like what you want or doing what you want. Instead, she said, you know, we honored them. And I love that description, in spite of the fact that she did say, obviously things are shifting. Well, then I wanted to tap into a little bit of the Asian culture. And we have different Asian cultures represented here. Chinese, I know we have, in, uh, the, well, Indian and um, Korean. But I talked to Ellen Huang and I said, tell me again, I know that the Chinese culture is an honor-shame culture. Honor is extremely important. She said, oh yes, Dai. Uh, so much so in the Chinese culture, like parents, it has been, I know it's shifting a little, but parents choose everything. They choose your college, your career, the person you're going to marry, and you continue honoring them, wanting to make them happy, you know, really just honoring them off the charts for your whole life. And even after they die, I was talking to another Asian friend, Yanghua Mei Ling, and she was raised in the Korean culture. And that's a picture of her family there. And, and she said, same thing, you know, children are taught very seriously because if you don't honor your parents, that's very shameful. And, and, and they take it super seriously. Now, the conflict, she told me, is now under the lordship of Jesus. It's, it, it is, they have to think, well, do we continue to even honor our parents when they're dead? Does that conflict with scripture? And she said, you have to, you know, weigh out, do we continue giving food at the grave? And there's a lot of questions, okay? We'll talk a little bit more about like, how do we discern what that honor looks like when our beliefs don't actually align? But I thought that was just all so very, very uh, important as we know, honor in different cultures is, it, it varies. Even some in our own church here and in the Sullivan campus, they were raised in the Amish culture. And that's, you know, honor is very important there also. But when a, per, a child leaves the Amish faith, say to come to the vineyard or another church or even leave faith altogether, then they, they get shunned. They get cut off by that parent. And again, very depending on the situation. Okay, all of that. So there's lots of conflicts. All right. All right, so then how do we honor, okay? And I said, there is confusion. There's confusion. Like, what does honor, I, would, I like to call it, new, call it new covenant honor. What, what does that actually look like? And I'm gonna look at three things here. And first of all, I'm gonna say, it's not unequivocal obedience. It's not ignoring harmful or toxic situations, no. And it's not necessarily agreement with one another, okay? And now I'm talking to, Children, adult children, parents, parents to their adult children. Okay, new covenant honor. We like to say it's learning to love one another with the Holy Spirit's help under the Lordship of Jesus Christ 
facing tough topics, forgiving one another, showing respect in order that we can enjoy a long, healthy, prosperous life. Okay, let me look at these three misconceptions a little bit. And as I talk, you'll, you'll understand the flip side of it. Honor is not unequivocal obedience to your parents. Now, I'm not talking to you if you're under 10 years old, okay? <laughs> All right? And even teenagers, but it's not. No. What do I mean? Well, um, New Covenant honor, is, this was a shock to uh, even some of the Jews. You know, they would have been well-versed in the Ten Commandments. They would have known the Fifth Commandment to honor your, your father and mother. Well, imagine their surprise when here comes Jesus. Now he's bringing in a new order. The order of heaven is coming to earth. And this is what he says in Luke 14. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Wait, what? <laughs> what about honor? This is why you need the whole Bible. Okay, you, you can't just take one scripture. <laughs> yes, because Jesus tells us to even love our enemies, right? No, he's making a kingdom statement here is now he is Lord. He is king. And he's speaking to Jewish parents and to many uh, parents, obviously. You know what? Those Jewish parents, they didn't receive Jesus as Messiah. And that would cost their children plenty to embrace him as Messiah to the degree that they hate. I put that in quotes. He, he's making, he's obviously using a hyperbole, but he's making a point. Obedience to him first. Okay, then our parents. That's true biblical honor. And I know cults misuse this all the time because they try to cut children off from their parents and say, you know, you've got to leave. You've got to leave your parents totally. Christian cults I'm talking about. I guess they shouldn't even be called. That's an oxymoron. Okay, let me tell you some of my own story. So um, I was raised in a very strict Christian home, lo lo loving parents, absolutely. And when I met Jesus, uh, Happy and I, my husband, we both joined that, that church, that faith. That's the faith we were raised in. And we honored our parents. They were thrilled with us. And it, it was you know, a really wonderful situation until it wasn't. And that was when Happy and I met the Holy Spirit. And we found out God is still doing miracles. And the faith in which we were raised said, absolutely not. That's heretical. And they excommunicated us. Very painful. Well, both of our fathers were pastors in that church in different cities. Very painful. They thought it was extremely dishonoring. Of course, that's how it, it seemed to them. And I can understand that. And it took many conversations. Thankfully, we never cut off communication or anything like that. But it did take years. And, and it, it left a hole because they considered that dishonor. And uh, I, I know, I, I, I can understand it, but our obedience was to the lordship of Jesus, okay? Not to church doctrine. And so that's, it, it wasn't easy, but thankfully uh, we did repair our relationship. I'm so grateful to the Holy Spirit. I, I had to, yeah, I had to ask for forgiveness. There's a lot of things I had to do differently, 
But right before my father died, he was in the hospital and uh, in Peoria, and he couldn't use his hands. And I went to visit him, and I was able to feed him one of his last meals. And I felt the pleasure of the Lord in being able to honor him in that way. Didn't agree with his beliefs, but... So, new covenant honor does not mean unequivocal obedience. It does mean unequivocal obedience to the Lord. Secondly, new covenant honor does not mean we ignore abuse. And I've already uh, alluded to that. No, I know. In Christian families, there's been abuse. There's been trauma. There's been toxic situations. And that's, again, why we can, with the Holy Spirit's help, we can make amends. We can ask for forgiveness. We can pray for those wounds to be healed. And I know not, they're not, it doesn't always happen for everybody. But I want to encourage you. Uh, we don't ignore that when we say, oh, just honor, sweep it under the rug. No. But thirdly, new covenant honor doesn't mean we will necessarily agree with our parents' values or beliefs as the situation in my own family. Um, a good friend that goes to church here, he's from the Indian culture, from India, and he said it's an honor-shame culture, again, and expected, he said, in the area where he lives in India, he had two choices for a career, medicine or engineering, and that would demonstrate honor to parents, and so he chose to pursue engineering, which he did, finished his undergrad in India, came to America, got his master's in uh, engineering here, and then suddenly realized, no, I don't want to do this. And he, he, he wanted to embrace education and get his PhD in education. He said, Dad, I, I, I knew it was so dishonoring and it was so painful to my parents when I told them. I'm, I'm done with engineering. Now, most of us in America would be like, what? I would just be glad my kid's going to college, you know? But no, he said this is a reality, and it was a very painful strain in their relationship. But I love how the Holy Spirit intervened. He gave this young man a dream. It was a powerful dream, and in the dream, he saw that he was to contact his parents, actually ask for forgiveness the way he handled it, not renege on his career choice, but try to reestablish relationship. And he did that, and, and I, I was totally blessed by how that worked out, even when there's not agreement of our values, uh, our choices always. All right. In conclusion, all of that, how do we actually honor our parents under the new covenant? <laughs> okay, first of all, I want to just talk to you older parents, and, parents, and younger parents too, but we need to be parents worthy of honor. We need to be living lives submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ, okay? We need to make it easy for our kids to honor us, okay? And uh, that's not always easy. But with the Holy Spirit's help, again, we need to be parents worthy of honor. And, you know, it's, I've learned some hard lessons here. Now, particularly as I'm an older mother and a grandmother and a mother-in-law, had to learn a lot of lessons there. So um, I can be passive aggressive. I know this about myself. And I think as all mothers, I can be quite manipulative. Mothers, do you agree? Yes. Okay, so <laughs> I've had to have some severe Holy Spirit lessons on how, how to be a parent 
that really, I know I'm worthy, but I'm easy to honor, okay? And uh, I've, I've learned this sometimes the hard way, but I was talking with a mother, she's 45, and she's in, uh, she has five kids, and she said, Di, when that phone shows it's my mom's number, I'm not picking up anymore. I'm like, why, you can't like dishonor her that way. She goes, oh yeah, you know what, wanna know why? Because every conversation, why don't you visit me? Why don't, why, why don't you call me? Why, why? She said, I feel so manipulated. And she said, I have five kids. I have my own family. I try to honor her in the way that I can, but I'm, I'm tired of her manipulating and making, playing the victim card. So, hey, parents, let's not do that, okay? Let's not do that. Work out with your children how best this can be lived in your family dynamic. Another young mother told me, she said, you know, my mother-in-law expects us to be at every gathering, birthday, anniversary, half birthday, holidays. <laughs> I mean, just ridiculous. And she said, I, it's two hours away. I have an infant. I can't do it, Di. I go, okay, let's be parents who don't have unrealistic expectations, okay? Let's be parents who are easy to honor. Had to learn that the hard way too. I'm just like, let's admit our mistakes. Let's ask for forgiveness. I mean, the season I'm in now, I just need to be a better listener. Okay, the Lord, he rebuked me after my vacation in a good way. And he said, I want you to stop looking for what you want to see. Stop listening for what you want to hear and watch what I'm saying and what I'm doing. Like, oh, because I was making myself miserable. And finally, of course, let's continue to pray. The Holy Spirit is so creative. <laughs> he wants this more than we do. You know, he wants happy, healthy, harmonious homes. So now I want to talk just a moment to you younger children, you know, anywhere from 13 on up, um, how to honor your parents intentionally. And I... I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the honor I receive from my children, my daughters-in-law, my son-in-law, my grandchildren. I mean, I did have to overcome the, okay, boomer. I'm like, whoa. Thankfully, uh, his parent rebuked him. You know, <laughs> hey, we have the opportunity as the family of God to show the world that actually despises the elderly that elevates youth. We have the opportunity to show them how a healthy, honoring community lives. And you know what Jesus said? They will know you are my disciples by your love. And I put in parentheses, honor. Okay, but you can, uh, children and adult children, stay in touch with your parents. <laughs> Send them a quick text. Uh, you know, just an emoji heart, you know, anything, <laughs> let them know. And I just want to say this to uh, us older parents. Our adult children are thinking a whole lot less about us than we are about them. You have to think about that for a minute. But they're not sitting around like, I wonder what mom and dad are doing today. No, they're thinking, how am I going to pay these bills? What am I going to do with all these kids? Yeah, okay, all right. But note what blesses your parents. I have one of my daughters-in-law, she notes that I love flowers. She brought me the most beautiful bouquet, the most beautiful vase at Easter. It's just 
Thank you, thank you. Uh, just so many different ways. You can, you know, uh, honor your parents in small ways and in little ways. And just in this family here, our church family, we can honor the older fathers and mothers among us, whether you're blood-related or not. We can invite them out for a meal. We can help them, uh, you know, mow their lawn. Or we can at least let them know we appreciate their wisdom and we're so thankful to be part of a heterogeneous family. So good. Well, in conclusion, I believe, of course I believe, we can overcome the conflicts and the confusion and we can commit with the Holy Spirit's help to honoring our parents that it might go well with all of us. And I leave you with this. The last prophet of the Old Testament, Malachi, issued a tremendous prophecy that was reiterated in the book of Luke. So it's under the new covenant. It's a kingdom promise. He said, in the last days, this is what's going to happen. God himself is going to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children. And the hearts of the children back to the fathers and mothers. In other words, this strife, this estrangement, this conflict The healer is on the way. And we are in the last days. And let's listen for how we can participate as this honor is among us, our young and our old, that we might all live a long, prosperous life in the land. So Father, I thank you. You are a good father. You're teaching us. And continue today as we worship you, as we listen for your voice, as you bring healing and hope to our hearts concerning this important fifth command. In Jesus' name, amen.